in five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Scott Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah, Scott runs a startup called Genie, J-E-E-N-Y. Shout out for the five-letter domain name, uh, the company RP and WMS Software. He also has two dogs. Both are very cute. And yeah, he likes hip-hop, likes video games. And we met at a coding boot camp six years ago now. Yeah, welcome, Scott. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited for this. Was there anything you wanted to add to the end? No, I'd say like right now, that pretty much sums up my life. Work, dogs, video games, work again. That's pretty much it right now. But yeah. I just want to say Scott is a machine of a programmer. I I do my best. You You guys called me the Israeli robot for a little bit back at Codesmith. I don't know if you remember that. I remember. I remember. It's because the rest of us, would we would build a website or something. And then Scott, meanwhile, just has drag and drop functionality. And we're just like, hey, when did, (laughs) how did he get so far ahead of us? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Hugh, what do you want to know about Scott? I want to hear the backstory. So what brought you into coding and got you through it? And Yeah, definitely. Actually, when I was a kid, I made and sold websites. So there was like... Yeah. And it was nothing to like, it was like HTML and CSS. So there wasn't any JavaScript or back then probably would have been like PHP. I didn't actually do any of that, but I knew how to slice up Photoshop templates, use tables, implement like a CMS and basically just create a website. And there was like a thriving video game website community and people would also just buy and sell video game websites. And so that's what I was into as a kid. And still into now, but like what kicked off what I ended up doing now, which is programming with beyond HTML and CSS. But I actually, before that was in finance for five years. So right out of school, did private equity, met a lot of great people, but realized that it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing forever. Just at the end of the day, just didn't feel like satisfied with what I had done. And so ended up just looking for something else to do. And my girlfriend at the time, now wife said, Hey, I think you should look into one of these coding boot camps." And so that's kind of my Genesis story. Yeah. That's so cool. And now you're into building ERP and WMS software. I do not know what those acronyms <laughs> are. Yeah, yeah. So that ERP stands for enterprise resource planning and WMS is warehouse management software systems. So basically our software helps manufacturers, distributors, retailers, e-com, anyone building or holding physical goods, better manage their processes and their businesses. Yeah. And amazing. How'd you get into that? So that, so my father's actually been a manufacturer for 35, 40 years now. Yeah. And so. He's an entrepreneur, him and his brother are a business that manufactures glass windows and doors. And he'd always just kind of talk about business stuff. And he was always really interested in what I was doing with software. And we were just talking, he's yeah, there's, I've used a few different ERP softwares over the years. And what I'm about to tell you, any, any business owner will tell you is that none of them give you what you need and you end up switching every 10 years and it's always a terrible process. 
costs a lot of money. You pay tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars just for support or customizations that you need. And so it was like, hey, there's something we can do about that. And that's how we got into that space, which not the uh, inventory is not usually considered the sexiest thing to work on, but we're doing it from a cool, we have a cool approach to it. That's exciting. No, that's actually super cool. Sometimes the esoteric type of realms are the most ripe for creating some cool innovations in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. ERP software has been around for 40, 50 years now, back to the IBM days. And so last evolution of it was just putting it in the cloud and there hasn't been much change beyond that recently. Hey, Scott, I remember when I last saw you, you mentioned that you were working on a pretty big feature set mm -hmm. and yeah. And then, uh, that that's like how you led to being on the podcast because he was you're like hey when should I come on and I was like let's wait until you have a big feature set complete so you have something cool to talk about yeah did you did you end up doing any of that stuff yeah yeah so last month fully launched our headless product as well as a no code builder and so that kind of ties in to what I was just saying which is that there hasn't been much of much of an evolution in ERP software besides putting it in the cloud. And so, yeah, with those two features, we feel like now we're really differentiated in terms of what we offer and again, how we attack the problem, which for us is not necessarily getting your business processes digitized and just having software to work with, but we look at the customization that it's like over 75% of companies do to their ERP and hire consultants and hire uh, programmers. And how can we make that easier? How can we eliminate the need for some of that customization by just your regular employees create the apps that they're looking for? But what we'll find is sometimes someone on the shop floor might be able to save five seconds for every iteration of an action. And when you do that action a hundred times a day or a thousand times a month, it adds up and we would love just a really simple app that maybe just literally you press a button and gets taken and some data gets recorded or some kind of requests get sent through. Super simple app, right? It's just a button that maybe does an API call, but you're never going to have like that agency come and be like, okay, yeah, I'll build that for you for 300 bucks. I'll spend an hour on it. It's always going to be like a whole process and they're going to have their minimums. And so stuff like that doesn't get built. So yeah, so that's what we launched with. That's the stuff I was talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brought my drag and drop skills back into the foray. <laughs> <laughs> bootcamp's really paying off. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at the website right now. <laughs> Not to digress. It's beautiful. Um, J E N Y.com. What a nice URL. Yeah. It's so clean. Thanks. I, yeah, I actually, so I got it seven or eight years ago when I was like, Heart, I, man. I, had a different, I had a different startup idea back then that pursued for a few weeks, but I didn't know how to code. So I just set it aside. So yeah, that one was basically like an aggregator for all the on-demand services. So everything from the guys mowing your lawn to food delivery to nanny care, just saying like typing mm. your zip code and being able to see which ones work in your area. Nothing came of that though, but that's why I got the domain. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. As an entrepreneur now who's launched 
so your product went live a month ago or you just added the headless part a month ago it's been now open to the public for longer than a month we pivoted middle late last year and so we launched but i'd say this is like our real and our like final launch launch 2.0 so yeah fully bootstrapped or Uh, we have a little bit of angel investment money so it's me co-founder that john and i actually worked with at our last company um and then one person on the payroll cool congrats man Oh my goodness. Thanks. I'm curious as now an owner and soon to be extremely successful business owner, and what has been some of the, to, to someone who might be creating a new company tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Someone out there, what are some things that you went through that you think would be nice little things for them to know, especially if you have someone on payroll now too, must be very different. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. So I don't know if, so one tip that's been really helpful, that's not necessarily purely like strategy or business related is get some sort of app. So I use superhuman that lets you know if people have read your emails. Um, Hmm. and so when I'm at reaching out to VCs or sales people, like doing sales, emails, cold outreach, anything, it's just super helpful to know, oh, wait, they actually read it. They opened it two or three times. It helps you tailor your next response and also just know if like, your subject lines are working, your content is there. So like from a, something that you can do that costs 20 a month, it's super helpful. I'd say that for more of an actual like business side of things. Uh, yeah, I'd say just having a clear game plan is always helpful. And it's not something that we necessarily did in the beginning. We we're just building stuff because we love to build. I mean, my co-founder are both engineers. I do all the front end. He does all the back end. And you can get into the trap of, overbuilding pretty easily before you go out and see what people actually want or need. And so I think that's definitely something that we fell into last year, which kind of led to the pivot. And recently we've basically just put a hard stop on building new stuff and we're saying, okay, we have this product, we have something people can log in and use. And so let's all put on our sales hats and go push that. And then based on feedback from there, then we'll decide what we should actually be building next. Yeah, I was surprised that you mentioned that you were the one sending emails and sending follow-ups. And it seems like it's a, there's a ton on your plate if you're building everything, like like all of the front end, all of the UI, all of the UX, and you're like probably on these like demo calls. You're probably also doing the onboarding and you're like, the one getting these demos. Shout out to Scott, who's who, who's doing like four jobs in one. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it is a lot. It's all worth it for the programming aspects, what I love to do. And so as long as I code every day, keeps me happy and willing to do the other stuff, which is, you know, sets I didn't necessarily have, but learn at least on like sales calls that it's okay to put on like a different personality almost, which is something I wasn't really comfortable with at first. Mm. You have to, don't, you don't have to just be like completely fake, but you got to bring the energy levels up, which is something I usually struggle with. And so things like that, you did make me think of something that I read that was really impactful for me when you said, yeah, I'm doing like four jobs, which is if you're in a position like that, it was like, I forgot the exact quote, but it was basically make time for 
the people in your life and events that you should be going to and put in my 60, 70 hours during the week, but I don't necessarily say, okay, like my wife wants to go out to dinner tonight, but no, I like, I have to work. It's like, I'll find two other hours to put that work in or invites me to play pickleball, like during the middle of the day, even because they have the day off, I'll be like, yeah, because I'll regret it. They, they were basically like, you'll regret it in 10, 20 years, those missed moments. And so, yeah, that was, that's definitely probably my biggest piece of advice. Those little things with, with the people you care about. Yeah. If John Kim says, I'm walking to your house, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If he's been walking for 45 minutes, where's your place? Then yeah. <laughs> It, it was less than 45 minutes. Um, cool. Yeah. I guess last topic about Genie, I guess two questions. The first is how did you arrive on the headless set of features? Like for like, was this through a lot of feedback from your sales calls or did you have, did you have a really like forward client who is willing to like test a lot of things? Because my understanding is that your dad's business is already using a lot of the features. So how did you go through that? And then I'll ask the second question after. Yeah, that's a good question. So the, so Marcy, who's a co-founder CTO does all the backend and infrastructure. He was actually building it from the beginning to be API first, but we weren't thinking about is we just sell the API. It was no, we will have a great API that people can use with our SaaS product and eventually have an app or things like that, be like the Shopify VRP. So the way our API was structured from the beginning was in a sense headless. We just weren't thinking about it or going to market that way. And so that, that ended up being lucky for us. We've had this product hidden behind the curtain in a sense. That's how it came to be in terms of why we actually decided to pursue it. I'd say it was realizing that you can build the best ERP software in the world, but nobody's about not, it's really hard to get someone to rip out their current system and replace it. Even if yours is two, three times better. Um, it's too much of like a structural change, cultural change. And that's why people will do it maybe once every 10 years, even if they hate it and it'll take them a year or two to do it. And then they'll feel like, hey, I just spent so much money on this. Like I have to keep it. And so we realized if we can sit on top of people's existing system setups and allow them to more easily extend what they currently have, that's the big differentiator. And that's something that no one else has attacked for better or for worse. We'll see. But yeah, so that's how we came to it was people basically saying, yeah, we, we love what you have. And then the other thing is, yeah, we love what you have, but what about does it do this? And then the next person asks, does it do that? And someone else goes, does it do this third thing? Everybody has their own specific requirements and their single ask that could potentially just ruin a sales call, even if you have everything else. So there's a lot of picking and choosing. Yeah, that makes sense. And then my last question had to do with, yeah, free to use our podcast with our 15 listeners. To, uh, yeah, if you wanted to give like a 60, you talked about the business, but like if you wanted to give like a 60 second sales pitch, uh, who's the target? And obviously you mentioned like building features on top of it, but if you, we'll give you the, the next 60 seconds to. 
Just go for it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So if you're a manufacturer, distributor, retailer, anyone moving physical goods or creating physical goods, you've probably struggled with customizing your ERP or inventory management systems and spent a lot of money on it and a lot of time. What Genie does is we're here to solve those problems for you. And we don't ask you to replatform. We'll sit on top of your existing systems and things that might've taken you months to build before will now take days using easy APIs as well as a no code builder. So if you don't even have developers on staff or have a consulting agency, you can still start making apps today to enhance parts of your business. And if you want a tailored demo, feel free to just email me, scott at genie.com. Love talking to anybody. doesn't matter the size of your business. Every call end up getting great ideas out of it. So yeah, that's, that's genie. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, Hugh, ask whatever questions you want about <laughs> something else. <laughs> no, dude, definitely. Let's change topics on to something else for sure. Let's see. So we've got two Samoyeds. Yes. That's pretty cute. And then yeah. loving video games and hip hop, tennis, pickleball, and bikes. Look at this. Look at that Samoyed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, how Once, much do you clean up from fur every day? I did clean up a lot every day. But I really clean up maybe once a week. We've kind of upped it at this point. What's nice is the fur falls down and into corners. So it's not like everywhere or like really on your clothes unless you're wearing black. But that's yeah, pretty wild. Don't, you don't use a robot vacuum cleaner? I got, I had my sister's old one. And then one of the dogs, or I know which dogs, I only had one at that point. Must have brought a rock into the house, or at least I'm blaming the dog. Brought like a small rock in and it got caught in the vacuum cleaner <laughs> and scratched the floor. And so since then, I just decided not to use it. Damn. Okay. I will, I will keep that in mind for my next robot vacuum cleaner. I can confirm they're cute and that one is bigger than the other. Well, one's, still, <laughs> one's eight months old. <laughs> Others eight, almost eight. Do you play pickleball regularly? Right try to like at least once every two weeks. Try to do it like once a week. That or tennis once a week. Oh, cool. You guys play? Hugh, aren't you into it? I've played a few times. It's incredible how big it's getting and how fast it's growing. What America's number one sport in the past year or two, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's so easy to pick up that you can play with kind of anyone, which is great. I think that's probably why like, you can have a competitive match with someone who's like never played tennis or ping pong or anything before, like after a couple times. You should play. Awesome. I have a friend who for his birthday party this weekend is hosting like a pickleball tournament. So we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be fun. Oh, also fun fact, Scott and I used to play like an hour of ping pong a day, like six days yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. And we got really good. 
Dude, you were good too. I was, I was like middling, and there were some real people there. John was like at the top. I was like, I was, I was decent. You guys made me better. But there were some guys with their own racks that they would bring. <laughs> there was like one guy who played volleyball in the Olympics, and it was just like everyone was intense in their own way. It was fun. What it's we would good. do after ten hours of coding. John sleeping in his car. Dude, fun, yeah. Fun fact: Hugh missed out on the coding bootcamp experience. Instead, he took like a, he bought like a fifteen dollar Udemy course, and then the first interview he ever had, he got the job. Damn, nice. <laughs> what? Wow. So you mean and I didn't have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to get a job? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> different for everybody. Great advertisement for our coding bootcamp right there. And then Hugh seamlessly transitioned to director of product design. So yeah, very, very capable individual. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Smile and nod, smile and nod. Where do you work? I work at a startup called Tribe Credit. It's a fintech. Nice. Is it pretty new or has it been around for a while? I think they I started in 2020 there. They're founded on Crunchbase in 2016, but like it didn't get its series, series A until it, they got the seed in 2020, series A, 2021, 2022 was when they got series B. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Scott, you, you mentioned this headless thing was like like the final. I forgot the exact wording that you used, but by the way, I'm really rooting for you to go the like full on entrepreneurship route because I feel like yeah, Hugh and I have tried in the past. We tried building an open source tool, and yeah, I think there was a point where we were like, oh, none of us, neither of us know how to do this backend part, and then the tool just died. It was what like was a, the tool? Yeah. it was a budgeting app and yeah, it was supposed, it was like just for fun. And the idea was, what was the idea here? The more one learns about expense management tools, I don't know. I was like, you forgot what it is. <laughs> it was like supposed to help with budgeting and, and there'd be all these things where it's like the longer term vision of it would be like, you put in your after tax income and then. It'll help with locating your, like, how much to your pre-tax 401k. And then once you, like, run all those numbers and you put in, like, your fixed expenses, then it would be, like, a really friendly way of being, like, oh, you can spend, like, $40 a day on on whatever. Or if you want to save 50%, then you can spend $20 a day. And, yeah, I think the vision was that it would also be tied to, like, net worth stuff and then it would just be like the entire suite of budgeting tools in one place yeah yeah i like that i feel like you can flip the traditional here's how much you should save a day and present it as here's how much you can spend which is more fun to think about (laughs) 
Yeah. Mm. Oh wow, I'm a, like I'm allowed to spend this much a day. That's cool. Not oh shit, I have to save this much. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hugh, is there anything you wanted to learn about Scott and his life? I think it's pretty cool that you're the only one that's married here. <laughs> Just on the matters of love, but I don't know how public we want to be about all that. <laughs> I mean should we start piling on to John about that? Yeah, I know, right? Then <laughs> I follow your lead, Scott. Yeah, so, so John, you guys moved in together. Uh, seems like the next step is pretty clear. <laughs> I, I was not expecting to be teamed up like this. I will say, at Scott's wedding, there was a point where Scott and Sarah were on the chairs and everyone was holding hands. That was great. And I remember the person next to us was like, first Jewish wedding? Like, and we were just like, yeah. That was a great like moment, but yeah. I have no comment. Yeah. We could do that at yours. It doesn't, have, it's not like the Jews aren't, we're not like hoarding that. So if you want, I can initiate it at yours, which is going to be when? <laughs> Yeah, so it turns out when I move my microphone like a little bit, then it the recording just dies. So that's good to know. This is our first time using this tool. It's a great huh. way to get off the conversation. I'll just like keep ragging on you. I guess to turn the tables just a bit is Scott, for those who aren't married yet, whenever that might be, is it, how do you define your, how do you define love and finding <laughs> a partner? I don't know what type of relationships you're in, but I'm going to guess it's a beautiful monogamous marriage. And from what it's I know. Good. Okay. I didn't put this on the little form you asked us to fill out. <laughs> feel like now I got to be a bit more careful with my words in case Sarah watches this. No, I don't know about defining love. It seems a little hard and defined, but <laughs> in terms of let's go in with knowing when I knew Sarah was the one, like, I think just realizing when it's so easy to be with someone and when you're with someone and maybe you're sitting at dinner and kind of the rest of the world just fades out. And like, you're able to just singularly focus on your interaction with that one person. It's just like special and something I hadn't necessarily found before. So great. <laughs> we, we can keep it high level. It wasn't okay. part of the form, but, uh, but I'm curious if Hugh has any, has any input on when did he know that we're just uh, turning the tables, aren't we? Hugh, do you have any comments on when you knew that? Liar, right? <laughs> you guys are on episode 64. And, and you know, is, no, this, we've taken a bit of a figure out the edit here. <laughs> we, I feel like for Hugh's part, we're just going to cut out. Hugh, Hugh does the editing, so it's... Yeah, no, anyways, it's, yeah. It's, it's a, I think love's a very important subject that is part of community and so with regards to growing community and growing that definition of 
filial love and friendly love and romantic partner love that extends the test of time. I loved you. I loved your definition, Scott. That was so beautiful, honestly. I was like, wow, my time melts away and it feels so easy. That was, honestly, that was great. For me, I'm still falling deeper in love every day and it's yeah. been great so far. Can't complain. And yeah, I definitely like what you said of how easy it is. The more easy it is, the higher chance of success. Yeah. Great. It's yeah. So I guess I'll show that part to Sarah then. Uh, I don't know too much about the Torah, but I feel like there's probably a lot of really beautiful passages about it. I've been trying to learn more about the different texts recently. And I need to dive more into the Torah for sure. If you have anything off the top of your mind, awesome, please share. But if not, we can go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, not specifically about love. I haven't quite read too much of the Torah since my bar mitzvah. But when Sarah was learning about Judaism, we went to classes. I think the coolest part that I maybe had not realized about like Judaism and the Torah is the instilling of just constant learning. So I don't know if you've encountered that in, in your readings about it, but it's pretty interesting. Just like throughout the test of time, it's been all about learning and not stopping at a certain age and just continuing your quest and thirst for knowledge, which is cool to see in like a text that's supposed to be religious. That's amazing. Very cool. Uh, huh. Do you still play your Oculus? Don't. No. <laughs> that has fallen by the wayside i've tried i think last time i tried was like last summer maybe was that when we played ping pong <laughs> probably because i had picked it back up yeah that's the most fun i've had is playing ping pong also that game where we throw the discs you played that with me once right it was like ender's game like the Oh, like the Hogwarts game, the Quidditch game. Yeah, it's like Quidditch, but in space. And <laughs> dude, I got, was... I had such a. That was a very cool game, but I also had a huge headache from it. <laughs> yeah, that one's fast paced. There's no gravity, and <laughs> but I felt like that is the most unique experience I've had in VR. Yeah, Hugh. For context, the with this game, you like want to throw a disc to your teammates and then you I think you like throw it through a hoop or something or I might, I might this might actually be Quidditch but yeah there's no gravity and then you can use you can use your hand thrusters to get around and yeah. it's really cool did you yeah. ever read Ender's game by any chance no no my gamer tag growing up throughout time was hot soup <laughs> That's what funny. did you play? What was your game of choice? I played a lot of FPSs very at a younger age and free FPSs, but then World of Warcraft, some MMOs and League of Legends. And then I dropped off because I was like, I got too addicted. So I gave it up for college. <laughs> Probably the right move. Yeah. And I'll play recreationally with friends. So I'll play here and there. It's a good time. Nice. Nice. Were you big into Halo back in the day? I had a sister growing up, not saying, but just she was older than I. And so we always got the Nintendo consoles. So I grew up on like the N64 and the GameCube and was never able to play 
Halo or Xbox or DS and less going to friends here and there. <laughs> it's so sad. GameCube is underrated. There's some good stuff on there. Double Dash and Super Smash. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah. I've been thinking recently that I want to play games again at some point in the future. Which Shout out to the uh, the games in, that you can play in the Tesla. I don't know if the early Model S's have it, but there's like... There's this like shooting game that you can just drag your finger across the screen and yeah, I've, that was super fun. I've got Brick Breaker and Asteroids and that's it. I don't, I'm not getting too many more updates at this point. Damn. That's cool though. You have those two games, but I wonder yeah. why it's those two. I think cause like they require no real graphics capabilities like they could there's they're like what can run on whatever chip is in the car i know what chips in the car but i don't want to sound like a massive nerd. but yeah sometime in the future i hope to get back into games it's been i think i stopped seriously playing at like age 13 i was playing counter-strike and then i was like oh i should i want to i want to try to do other things in life and then I managed to stop doing it for a long time. Anyways. Yeah, I saw a GIF on Reddit today of the most played games on Steam, like month over month for like, I don't know if it was like a decade. And Counter-Strike was like number one or number two and is still one of those, which is crazy after 20 years. So you could get back into Counter-Strike and (laughs) still be good. No, I probably will have lost everything. But yeah, someday. Scott, if you could recommend one game for me and Hugh, what would you recommend? Other than Oculus Ping Pong. (laughs) Let's see. I'm trying to think of something that you'd have fun with if you haven't played games in 20 years. Like Tetris? You'd probably be pretty good at that. No, no. All right. Was like, is there a VR Tetris or something? That would be cool. There is actually, yeah. I, my friend has Tetris on his PS5, and the, which it's funny because it's so much computing power for such a simple game. But that was fun. We played for hours. Nice. I'd say like God of War is a good game to get back into gaming with. It's pretty crazy. You can pick it up. Need a PS5. But that's my recommendation for you guys. God of War. Great. All right. Hugh, you have anything? Scott, you have anything you want to say? Yeah. I guess I was just wondering when you're getting married. I don't know, Scott. When do you recommend getting married? <laughs> as soon as possible is a good time. Alicia's been hitting me up saying, hey, when you go on the podcast, just make sure you ask me. <laughs> just, just keep on asking. <laughs> no, I'm just you know. <laughs> Whenever you feel is right. <laughs> Great. Thanks for your input. My uh, my parents have said something similar, and I'm just like, hey, when should it happen? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no no comment. Nothing to announce on episode 67 of the Windy Podcast. <laughs> Maybe 68. I, don't, I really don't remember. As long as we don't get to 120. <laughs> That's you, should, you know. That's the deadline. It's one twenty. 
What's this reference? Oh, yeah. By episode 120, I would hope that maybe that one is like live streamed from the wedding. Okay. Uh, okay. Or we'll record the proposal. Hey, For a dozen listeners, right? <laughs> <laughs> like all this is going to get cut out. We ask all of our guests this, but Scott, do you have any generic words of wisdom for our 14 or 15 listeners? Yeah. Never give up. Unless it gets too hard, then it's okay. You heard it here first. (laughs) That was a really good one. Nice. Yeah. That's short and sweet. And we'll put links to genie.com below, just in case you're looking for an ERP system. And shout out to Genie for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I got to send some money somewhere? No, you good. You good, Scott. We we pay our own bills here. Pay for um, Iris FM? Or is it free trial? Oh, no, it's $10 a month. We make big bucks here, so. (laughs) I love Um, that you guys are still doing it and that you can laugh laugh about the view. (laughs) That's what will take you to the top. (laughs) We've really touched the game. (laughs) No, it's, yeah. I will say for me, it's like a, creatively rewarding thing to do and the fact that we've done it for two years and the fact that if I meet someone really cool I can just be like hey you want to come on and talk to us for another hour so yeah and then I get to hang out with Hugh for an hour every like week or two weeks so it's worth it and I think the best part for me is that we're not trying to we're not like stressing out about viewer count or anything because it's it's just for fun we just put it on the internet and then once in a while people would be like hey i listened to that episode and we'll be like oh cool yeah what about you hugh (laughs) what about me for (laughs) how we're doing here (laughs) overall i feel like it's been enjoyable (laughs) so it's just a great place to hang out with john and meet really cool people. We do have like, there is for our very, very micro community that here and there tunes in, we did have one really cool event. Now that you're part of the Moon Tea family, uh, we threw something in New York City like a few months back. It was actually pretty cool. And everybody was just connected from being on the podcast and or being our VIP MVP listeners. That's dope, like a little alumni event. A conference. Yeah, the Moonti Moonti Conf. Moonti Con. Let's go. When's 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 we zero to fifteen? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I like that. But we never told anyone that we were doing anything, and then people showed up and they were like, "Oh, this is actually really well put together." We like rented a like the biggest WeWork space. Because it's a Friday night, no one else is there. <laughs> and yeah, we had like all this food and everything and people showed up and they were like, oh, this is actually really cool. I've never been, I've never been at like a, any event like this where it's like 
in a really nice office space in the middle of Midtown. But that was like one of the most rewarding things. Anyways. Nice. <laughs> 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 Anywho, back to you, Scott. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time yeah. and coming on. It's pretty amazing what you're doing, you and your team. With regards to Genie, that's jny.com to anyone who wants to check it out. It's the entrepreneurial path is one of the most valiant and respected in my opinions because of how difficult and yet rewarding it's going to be. So hopefully you can do what you do best and create awesome value for your awesome customers. And one day maybe we'll have you back on and you can give us an update of how you've been doing. Yeah. No, definitely. Thank you for that that kind words. John, you got nice things to say about me too? (laughs) Scott, thank you for your friendship. And thank you for, I don't know, thank you for a fun weekend in November of 2021. Was that when it was? That was a good weekend. Yeah, it was dope. A bachelor party is what referring to where we went to Tahoe and there was no snow. It was climate climate changed away, but oh, and and for that one time when we went on a bike ride, that was fun too. Yeah, John. In case you didn't know, John likes to bike with wheels that don't work. He's got to inflate them every five minutes. (laughs) The solution. The solution is not to. Get a new wheel. The solution is to just carry around a hand pump. That's how John rolls. I've upgraded since then. I actually replaced that tire like two months ago. So my sister takes that bike around now. Um, Like six years later. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Peace, everyone. See you.